0: Hey, everybody, welcome to Ultimate Insider, Bear Insiders Podcast. I am Mike Pulaski, former Cal quarterback and radio color analyst for the Bears. And this week it is UW week. You can see I am wearing, if you're on video, you can see I am wearing my old school Cal visor because I used to absolutely love this game. UW, they bring a lot of passion into it. Their fans are great, they're loud, a bit abusive. But uh, they love football, and the dogs were always a tough team to face when I was there. Uh, fans often tell me about how much they loved our 1991 game in our place. I used to love to play up in Seattle because it was the most combative stadium you would walk into in the Pac-10 during my time. And so this game this week always holds a special place for me because that team in 91 went down to the wire last play of the game. They went on to beat, I think, Michigan in the Rose Bowl, 35-0. We went on to beat Clemson in the Citrus Bowl, 37-13. Pac-10 had, I think, six bowl games that year. We won five out of six. Stanford lost to Georgia Tech, the number two team in the ACC. Meanwhile, we beat the number one team in the ACC in Clemson. You know, but that's beside the point. Anyway, this week, I love UW week. It's just great. It's a great field. Going up there is awesome. It's combative. And it's time for guys to circle the wagons. And this week, it has to happen. Bears have to get their offense together. So here's a preview of the dogs and what you can expect in this game. Coming into it, you know that this is the number one passing offense in the country. Period. They are really, really good. I will put them up against anybody in college football right now in terms of throwing the ball. Their numbers say it all. Michael Penix Jr. is the quarterback who is a very accurate passer. He is, when he throws the ball, he throws with precision. He throws with purpose. And he is right on his reads about 80% of the time in terms of, I'm going to throw it into open space. I'm going to find the open guy. He is absolutely right. About 10% of the time, he is throwing to matchups that he likes. Guys that are covered, but he's throwing it anyway. Because he believes in his receivers. When you have a guy who's that accurate, who is that right all the time, and then who is throwing, when he does throw to covered guys, he's throwing to guys he believes in, giving his guys a chance. You have a quarterback who is playing at a high efficiency level. And right now, Michael Penix Jr. is the most efficient quarterback in America, period. I don't care what you say. He is, you have other draft analysts picking him down the list a little bit in terms of quarterbacks. I think he is a first-round pick for sure, a high first-round pick, top 10 guy, when NFL scouts get all said and done. Now, that said, he's running the air raid system. And so quarterbacks out of the air raid system traditionally have not been really successful right away going into the NFL. Uh, Some of them have adapted. Jared Goff being a great example of that. When he got to the NFL, he had to learn the NFL game because it's a lot more detail when you get there. But you can adapt to it if you have the skill set and if you have the patience and the intelligence. And I think Michael Penix has all of that. He runs the air raid system and he runs it to perfection right now. But he is a dude that you have to deal with. He is not a dual threat guy. He will stay in the pocket. Every now and then he'll break the pocket. But he does not want to run the ball. He wants to throw it, period. Had a history of injury before. He got over that last year, finished a season. Uh, He is bigger, stronger, and way more confident this year. He can throw the ball out of the gym. He's got every throw in the book, and he's really good at reading. So, <clears throat> Bears have to deal with him. The quarterback is the number one indicator of success for a football team. I sat with Jim Fossil one time, and you'll hear me talk with Coach Wilcox about this, but he pointed out in the NFL the number one predictor of a team's success is quarterback rating. And I think that holds true in college, too. Quarterback is super important to the game, and they have a really good one up at UW. And so it gives them a chance to be in every single game. Plus, they got some dudes around him. When you can trust that you can throw the ball into coverage, you're going to win your one-on-ones. You trust that as a quarterback, you are good. The reason he does that is because he's got dudes at wide receiver. Roma Dunze, number one one of his wide receivers. This guy is a monster. 6'3", 215, runs like a gazelle. He can go get it. He'll stretch the coverage. And so you have to have safeties 30, 40, 50 yards downfield to stay deeper than the deepest man. And you get him out in space one-on-one versus any safety. And it's a probably 80, 20, 90, 10 ball that he's going to win. Now that said, The balls that he's caught this year, most of them have been unchallenged because he's in space. Their scheme gets him in space, that air raid scheme, finds a way to get him the ball in green grass. And he does a nice job of reading green grass and getting there. So a fantastic player who makes outstanding plays, has a lot of attitude about him. The whole receiving core has a lot of attitude about him for good reason. They're really good. Adunze has 22 catches on the year, 419 yards, and 22 touchdowns. Leading receiver in terms of total yardage and total catches. The number two receiver is Jalen McMillan. Number 11, this dude is also a stud. Six-plus footer, around 200 pounds, can flat-out roll, catches the ball in traffic. He is, if you were to put a percent or a, a type on a guy, he is their possession guy, but he's not a possession guy. He will go get it. He will beat you deep. He can do it all, but he's their the guy that they use in the middle, on the reads, on the overs, those kind of things, where he can play both inside and outside. He's more of an inside guy from the film that I've watched. But he's a really good player, and he finds a way to get open. He makes catches. He makes contested catches. He's one of the guys that they'll throw the one-on-ones to that they just absolutely trust. He is the team leader as a receiver in touchdowns with three touchdowns. There's somebody else in him. We'll get to him in a second. But Jalen McMillan is a stud. He has done damage to the Bears in the past. He's a really good football player. You have to watch him. The third guy, Jalen Polk, number two. I love Jalen Polk's game. Now, he only has 12 catches. But with those 12 catches, he has 300 yards receiving. So he is getting the big chunks, over 23 yards per catch when he catches the football. He is a phenomenal football player. He is the physical guy. I think that Michael Penix, just watching film and the throws that he makes, trusts Jalen Polk in the one-on-ones more than he trusts any of the other guys because he throws him up against safeties. He throws him into traffic, and he just trusts that Polk's going to go get that ball for him. And 90-plus percent of the time, Jalen Polk goes and gets it. He's out physical. He brings attitude. He brings energy. He is, he is a pretty good player at that receiver spot in a group of good receivers. He's the physical, tough guy who also, by the way, can flat-out run and will go get a ball if you put it up in the air for him. So all three of these dudes, I think, will eventually be Sunday players, period. They're all really good. I think they'll be playing in the NFL one day. And so Michael Penix Jr. has the wealth of talent at that wide receiver spot. Makes it incredibly difficult if you want to play bracket coverage, which is a two-on-one, or find a way to help with the safety over the top and corner underneath, you can only do that in a couple of places at best if you're rushing four. If you're rushing three, you can add one more. But even then, football field is big. And because these guys have such tremendous speed, their zones stretch further than the average zones. And so now, even if you're trying to bracket and you're stretching zones and you're running through the top of that safety – You're creating a larger area that people have to cover because of the speed in this Washington receiver core. And so that creates green grass. That creates open space, which is at the heart of the air raid offense, running to green grass, getting open in your routes. Now, they run a ton of route concepts, which I love, using receivers to clear for other receivers. There are some option routes. You can see them in their coverage, but mostly they're running concepts in terms of what they do. I love watching this offense run. Again, anytime you have flashy receivers like they do and a great quarterback, it's fun to watch. Last dude needs to be mentioned is Jack Westover. He is a tight end, H-back, sniffer, do-everything swing guy for them. Number 37, good football player. He only has 10 catches, but of those 10 catches, four of them are for touchdowns. So he is a guy that will get open. He will catch the ball. Pennix trusts him. And he catches touchdowns. He's the down and dirty guy down by the goal line as well. Plus, he will stick his nose in there and block somebody and get a pancake, given the opportunity. So, good football player as well. One more guy, Jimmy Bernard. He's the fourth wide receiver. He uh, There's not enough footballs for him. He's got 11 catches going into this game uh, and just over 100 yards, but, but a good football player as well. So, four dudes at receiver. A tight end in Westover. They actually have another tight end as well who's pretty good, but they're really good on offense. And then the thing that's surprising when you watch Washington is they only have, they don't have a single back that's over 100 yards rushing on the season. Now, there's a bunch of backs that are anywhere between 40 and I think 80 plus yards, but there's no single back over 100 yards. So that will probably change this game. A couple of guys are pretty close, but that said, they're not running the ball very much. They're only running the ball enough so that they can get the ball out to the perimeter. They do it with RPOs. Meaning Michael Penix Jr. always has the read on the RPO to give it or to throw it. He does an excellent job of reading that for the most part. And it turns to the passing game more often than not because you have guys open in the passing game. I will drop a play in just a second and I will show you how they use that RPO and what I'm talking about when I'm talking about numbers in the box. If you've listened to my broadcast. I've had a couple people ask me about what do I mean by numbers. I will show you in just a second. I'm also going to, by the way, talk to Coach Wilcox in just a second. So hang on for that. What makes all this work at Washington, all the skilled guys, is the fact that they have a fantastic offensive line. The first thing you watch when you put this on, when you see the offensive line in their pass protection is the fact that they have really mechanically sound kick slide on the outside and they keep their shoulders square and they do all the technical things that you teach offensive linemen to do. They look like a first class power five offensive line and it shows up on the board. So can't give those guys enough credit. They're pretty awesome up front. They're great at pass protection. They have not had to show a ton of run blocking. They do it in terms of their scheme. They run a little bit of power, so it's a gap scheme run power you you run power when you want to be physical you want to be tough you want to move somebody out of a hole a single player and you want to block for a gap power is you know kind of your first go to in that when you want to set a mindset with running the football they run inside zone outside zone which everybody runs the air raid it's kind of the staple that you run both of those they run a fly sweep so They'll get you inside with the power. They'll get you inside with the inside zone. They'll run the edge with the outside zone. They'll try to get the wide edge with fly sweep and catch you uh, when your numbers are wrong. And then they run a little counter GT. So that is pulling the guard and the tackle, and they are always reading something when they're running that counter GT. Same thing with the inside zone and mostly for the outside zone as well. There's always something that they're reading on those plays. I'll draw it up in just a second. But overall, when you look at this offensive line, when you look at this offense— potent. They can get you a bunch of different ways. They are very good up front. They are great at wide receiver. They are exceptional at quarterback. So the Bears defense has their hands full. All right, so you can see that's tough for a defense to figure out. There's just so many options that you have to play absolutely sound. And oftentimes even when you're playing sound, you're wrong even when you're right. So it makes it tough. I love the system. I love the way it makes de- it stretches defenses. And, and it's uh, it's tough to go. Now, let's talk to Coach Wilcox about that Washington offense. Now you go into the meat grinder that is the Pac-12. It is a tough conference this year. A bunch of teams in the top 10, bunch of teams in the top 20. And you're going to face one of the best teams in the country this week, in my opinion, as you watch them, at least offensively. Michael Penix Jr., talk about him being in the Heisman race. Three guys. This was an interesting stat to me, and I'd love your take on it. They don't have a single 100-yard rusher yet in the season. It's all committee. But they have three receivers that are all over 300 yards catching the ball. You know you're going into a potent passing offense almost 500 yards a game. Talk to me about trying to defend that.
1: Yeah. Well, I mean, what a great test for the defense. You know, if you're a a – if you're a – Coach or a player on our defense, what a what an awesome opportunity to test yourself. They're th- throwing, I think, for 500 a game. They're averaging nearly 50. And honestly, they probably could be averaging a lot more than that. They had 35 at halftime last week. Um, and the talent level, you know, the, the quarterback, obviously, the wideouts, the tight ends. Nobody talks much about their O-line, but their O-line, he, he's only, I think he got sacked five times last year and once this year. Yeah. So they don't really get people don't get close to them. So this is a a great opportunity. And what? How do you? So how do you defend them? Well, you know there isn't one. If if there was a one way, then everybody would be doing it. You know, or uh, you know, I'm sure everybody thinks all the defensive coaches out there are, are idiots and don't know anything. But they've actually done it before, and they're looking at different op- ways to try to to defend these guys. But and we'll do the same. Uh, but it'll be ultimately, can you? Can you put pressure and get the quarterback off his spot? Can you tackle in space? And when the ball's in the air, we got to make plays on the ball. And the, you know, I think there's if you're a, if you're a DB and you want to play at a high level, you want to be recognized as an all conference or maybe a potential NFL player. Well, these are the games. You know, you want to show up against the best. This is the this is it. I mean, so I'm excited for for those guys to step up to the challenge they're going to see.
0: That was that was my next question is that offensive line because they do keep Penix very clean. And when you're clean, it's so much easier to get comfortable in your reads, to hold a ball for timing because you haven't been hit, to throw on time when it's called that way. What are they doing up front? I, I, there's obviously some play action. There's some, a little bit of RPO reads. Talk about what they do up front to keep him clean. Yeah, I think
1: it's good scheme and good players. I mean, combination. I, that's what I think. I think they do a... A good job with their scheme, and then the players are talented, and then you have uh, a quarterback who he operates at a very high level. Not just not just the accuracy, which is elite, but the knowing where to go with the ball and the clock that go. You know how to move in the pocket and the clock in his head. I think that's combination of all those things.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Three dudes who can run and go get it. Usually, a team will have one feature guy and then they'll have a couple of support guys. They've got three guys who are all over 300 yards catching. Roma Dunze, to me, looks like he's the big play guy. He's the big target, 6'3, 215. He can run, he can catch, all of that. Um, but they also have McMillan. They have Polk behind him. Uh, they have another receiver. Is it uh, Jimmy? Uh,
1: let's see. The other one you're talking about is Jimmy Bernard. Bernard, yeah. Four. yeah number
0: four. So, so you've got four dudes out there and if you want to apply pressure and you want to add pressure, now that means you're going to be sold up in a couple of different places. How, what, how do you make that decision? I know going into the game, you watch film and do all that, but how do you make yeah, that decision? Then, when, like, when we come after and when we don't, is it a feel thing in the game? Is it is it a, do you guys keep track of tendencies? What is it?
1: Yeah. I think, yes. <laughs> yeah. All the above. Yeah. Again, I kind of go back to Mike if it was a, if it was the uh, personality of the coaching staff, it would be like, let's go after him, Z- you know, zero. Um, Cause to truly put pressure on the quarterback, you have to bring one more than they have to block. Yeah. Don't that's the only way to guarantee it.
0: Or you if have you to win your one-on-ones every
1: time you you could bring five and use a post and have a post player, five man pressure. And they still might have two double teams in the pass protection. Yeah. So you, you truly can't guarantee pressure because a lot of time, pressure means you're getting a one-on-one, and somebody's got to win that one-on-one. You're trying to create more one-on-ones in pass rush so you can win one. Um, but other than that, the only way to guarantee it is bring one more than they got, and then when you do that, there's you know there's other issues. And so uh, I think it's it's all it's mixing and matching, and it's not showing them the same thing every time. It's trying to limit. They take a number of shots down the field. I mean, I think they had. Against Boise, we think we we counted like 10 in one quarter where they – I mean, it was launched. You know, we're talking posts and goes and corners, big ball down the field. So, they're going to take some of those shots, and we got to defend them.
0: Yeah, they are not scared to stretch you vertically for yeah. sure. And they use a lot of combination stuff, right? Three receivers in a route, four guys to the boundary. They do a lot of interesting stuff as a coach and as a quarterback that I love watching, kind of figuring out and going, ooh, this is kind of a cool little scheme. So
1: Yeah, when they um, can protect – you know, all that stuff is a lot more fun because the quarterback has time to, right. the, you know, it's like you're playing, you're drawing it on the grease board and that's how it looks on the field. So they they do, uh, they've got some good schemes and to be honest, like there's a lot of coaches with good schemes. It's the, the ability to the players to, to be able to do that. Uh, so it looks like the grease board. All right. We'll be back with coach in just a second. Now let's take a look
0: at Washington's defense. I'll be a little quicker here. Because it all starts up front. Any defense, no matter who they are, if you don't have a good defensive line, you are in trouble. Washington has a super solid defensive line. And of those guys on the defensive line, the edge guys are spectacular. On one side, you've got Zion Tupuola-Fatui. Now, from here on out, he will be ZTF. He's number four. Comes in at 6'4", almost 260. He is athletic as hell. Uh, He... He is a great edge guy. He's got two sacks on the year, two tackles for loss. He is a pass rush guy. He can get after the quarterback. He creates you so many problems on the edge. He's one of the best athletes on the field, if not the best athlete on the field, anytime he's playing. And so as a result, he's going up against an offensive tackle. You got to try to help with a tight end. Got to try to help chip with the back. You got to do things to mix it up to keep him at home. Screen off him, read him. If you can't block him, you have to read him. And so it creates issues for you in the pass game and, quite honestly, in the run game, too. You flip that over to the other side, and you've got Braylon Trice, number eight. He is a guy, if you remember, towards the end of the game, last season in Memorial Stadium, gave Cal fits. Came off the edge. We could not block him. He's 6'4", 275, super athletic for such a big dude. He'll be a stand-up guy oftentimes. Uh, every once in a while you'll see his hand in the dirt. And so he can be an end. He can be a standup guy, but he is a dude who gets after it. Um, they can work him down. He can be their odd package guy when they're in the, even the nickel 2 five. Look, he's an edge guy. Like he does the whole thing too. He's a good run stopper. He's a great pass rusher. He can hold the edge against the run outside zone, fly sweep, those kind of things. So he is a handful to deal with as well. Does not have any sacks this year. I think uh, he has been the guy who is holding down the fort in the run game on that edge, but he will get his share of sacks and he is a solid, solid football player for them at that opposite edge. So two really good edge players, which in this day and age of college football means you have a very good defense because now if you have guys that get after the passer who create havoc in the backfield on the offensive side of the ball, your back end, your DBs can play free. They can play loose. And that's one thing that's been a, characteristic hallmark for Washington over the last decade is that their back end, their secondary plays free. They are like disciplined gamblers. They stay home for a a certain period of time that makes the quarterback get through his reads and then they run and they gamble and they take chances and it makes it super tough as a QB if you don't get the timing just right or if you don't see it coming – that they start to get into your pass plays. They start to get into your mind, into your head for real and and make you hesitant to pull the trigger. That defensive line and that secondary is trying to make you hold the ball for just a beat longer so that those edge guys can get home. And these guys are physical, they're confident and they play smart and they play well at their position. Like I said, disciplined gamblers, I think is the best way to describe it. Number one, uh, Jabbar Muhammad. He's a transfer into Washington. He is a lockdown type corner. He is a guy that they really love Uh, as a transfer. They put him on an island oftentimes where he's the man-to-man guy in the match coverage. And they say, shut it down. It's all you. He's done a good job of it so far this year. He's got one interception. Uh, He's got eight total tackles, all of them solo, by the way. And he has a sack. So We'll talk about it in just a second, but he's a corner, and he has a sack. The other side, Elijah Jackson, another corner. He's got a quarterback hurry. He's, he comes on the corner blitz. He's a physical guy. And so not only are they gambling, and not only are they smart, but now they're also exotic on defense. So you can't pin them down in exactly what they're doing. They'll bring that corner blitz to the boundary, and they'll come at you from every different angle. As a quarterback, you don't see it coming – these guys have sacks, they have hurries, they, they're in the pass rush game as well as the pass coverage game, and so they just keep offenses guessing, and you have to be really good about calling plays that you can run against different looks. And as a quarterback, if those corners are coming, you have to be sure to get the ball out on time and preserve yourself and not take huge hits. At the strong safety, Dominic Hampton, he is, he is the team leader and tackler, 19 tackles, He has uh, a quarterback hurry. He's the overhang player. He's the guy who will insert versus the run, be the extra box player down low. So they'll have the 4-3 with two overhangs. One of them is listed as a linebacker, but really a nickel Sam. So a safety slash linebacker type. Strong safety is the other overhang guy who will insert on run to try to get that eighth man into the box for you. uh, Hampton is that guy. Like I said, leads the team in tacklers, so he's at the point of the spear oftentimes on defense when it comes to stopping the run. A very good, very physical football player, great size, 6'3, 220. uh, And you see him, he looks like a linebacker out there on the outside. Uh, Cameron Fabiculin is the free safety. He's got two interceptions, leads the team in interceptions. They play that guy high. He can sit back and play the ball, gamble a little bit because he's got space to do it. He's got vision in that high spot and so he's a dude who is a ball hawk he will go get it he is good in coverage he is a gambler as well back there and he will come downhill and go get that ball At linebacker you have number five Edifon lufosio he has 18 tackles so number two on the team in terms of tackles he will plug on the run he has the speed to run side to side he's got a little bit of the whole package and again their big guys up front are also good the guys that are meant to block the blockers d tackles nose tackles down low are also good up front uh, and their linebackers can run and hit. And so when you have that on defense, great edge guys, a good secondary, and linebackers that can run and hit, it is a test. That's why they're number eight in the country right now. Great defense, outstanding offense, and they're a team to be reckoned with. With that, right now, let's talk to Coach Wilcox about that UW defense. Their defense, they have, they have always been a team that covered well, right? They're, they get DBs up there, they cover well. Um, but they've ha- also had edge guys and they've got an edge guy in Zion this week. Number four, who seems pretty good out there. Uh, how do you work with him? We talked about the edge versus Idaho. How do you work against him? Do you double him? Do you read yeah. him? You know, you block him or guys. read him, right?
1: Yep. I think both their edge guys are good. So how do you, we're going to have to be a fit. We have to run the ball. some like, you know, you're not just going to drop back on these guys the whole game, but Being able to run the ball, uh, both uh, ZTF and number eight. I mean, their edge players are really good. They play wide. It's kind of that style of defense. Um, They play some quarters with really aggressive safeties at times, and they'll get into their single high three and and man. Um, But you got to run the ball efficiently. And so, and you got to give those edge guys different looks. You know, the tight ends on or off the ball? Are we running at two or away from them? What does the uh, play action look like so we can get another body on the edge with the, whether a tight end or a puller or a back? I think all those things are important and not just, okay. Okay. When we drop back, the tackle's got to block them every time. You know, I think it's lending some help when needed.
0: And when you do get man, how do you feel like you match up at the receiver spot?
1: Well, it's a little bit, a little bit what I was talking on defense most times the best thing you can do as a coach is get get a one-on-one. And then at that point, we got to throw it and catch it, you know, and that's technique it's talent. It's all those things. Um, And we're going to have to win some of those. We're going to have to get the ball down the field more than we have. So we're going to have to run it. And then we're going to have to get the ball down the field and make a play uh, with a whiteout during the game to, to be successful on offense against these guys. And so we're challenging the guys because You know, we're, you'd love to scheme, like, you know, Mike, you'd love to scheme everybody to have them bust the coverage. Right. That'd be great. Not a lot of busted coverages, you know, you either got to find the window in the zone and be accurate, or the guy in one-on-one's got to go beat somebody.
0: So that's it. That's my breakdown of the dogs. It is going to be an interesting game. The Bears have to circle the wagons, go up into hostile enemy territory. And it is hostile up there, which is why I love it. And the weather's going to be fine. Rain's supposed to hold off, so it shouldn't be wet. Uh, It should be a good day to play in Seattle. Perfect fall football weather. It's a beautiful stadium, beautiful place to play. But the Bears are there on a business trip. And so we'll see if they can get it together. There should be zero issue about whether or not they are emotionally up for this game. You are playing a fantastic football team. So if you are not emotionally up for this game, you should take up another sport. Like, I don't know lawn darts, because you got to be up for a game like this. And if you can't if you can't emotionally get up for a game like this, then you're in trouble. Anyway, for today, and looking forward to calling the game this weekend, remember, you can always catch me on KGO 810. Game starts at 730. Our pregame will start at 630. Uh, me and my partner, Justin Allegri there, and we'll bring you everything we know about this game from up in Seattle. Last time I was in this booth, I think, Either last time or tw- two times ago is when we had that huge rain delay. It we went till 2.30 in the morning. It was horrible. Longest broadcast of my life. But anyway, that said, looking forward to a good game this weekend. I appreciate you guys watching. As always, don't forget to check out my YouTube channel if you want to break down on football, if you want to understand the game better. Go to Elite Athletes TV on YouTube, and you'll see a bunch of Cal footage up there. I break down the game, show you the concepts that I'm talking about. There's going to be a concept this week about that tight end screen to the flat. Uh, that you work off the inside zone. So go ahead and get there. You can see that. Learn about the game. Learn your X's and O's. And I appreciate you guys watching. I will catch you next time here at Ultimate Insider for Bear Insider. I'm Mike Pulaski. As always, go Bears.